Hi you guys, it's your host Anna. Welcome to this week's episode on Undereducated. The story I've got for you today is one of absolute strength and courage. It's a story that embodies an issue that I don't think it's, I don't know, a percent of the attention it deserves and is a topic that the majority of us as women are completely uninformed about. In complete honesty, my guest Katie had no idea that this issue even existed until she had to face it head on. Her courage and strength mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally through this entire experience can be felt as you listen to her story and I think we all have so much to learn from her and can be completely empowered through her choosing to share her story with us today. So listen up and let's get a little more educated together. Kind of give me the lowdown on how those were for you. Okay. Just to give, you know, a good look into where we got started. Okay. So I, my first pregnancy um, with Miles, that was 11 years ago. Um, I see 11. I know. That's psycho. It's crazy. (laughs) It really is. The last time I saw him, he was like cruising on his bike up the road and like racing me when I was pregnant. I I was like, Miles, I'm going two (laughs) miles an hour. You can't. So funny. 11. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. So I just background on why I had to have C-sections is because okay. I was a figure skater. Okay. And so my pelvis developed tilted, or oh, so the no first, way. or so my doctor said. Yeah, yeah. And so a baby's head could just never, never fit, fit through. Fit through. Wow. Which is kind of wild, right? Yeah. Like I had never heard of that. I wonder if that's like yeah, I don't know common within the figure skating community for women. A lot of have. figure skaters I know have had cesarean. Really? Yeah. Huh. Just from like the contorting we did and I mean the, it makes sense. You know, the falls and yeah. everything, you know. Yeah. And like we're just broken. <laughs> well, it's but an incredible sport, but it is amazing. <laughs> I but will say it's kind only of for intense. like people who are amazing. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we tried, I tried and labored. Okay. Like it was a long time and then his heart rate dropped and okay. you know, the mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. C section. Yeah. Was it emergent? Um, at that point, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a little bit traumatic, probably a little the bit. first round. Um, it was just kind of like, I really, really, really wanted to have that experience mm-hmm. of like, you know, being able to have my body like fully dilate yeah. and labor yeah. and to not even get to that point or ever know what that ever felt like. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a weird thing, you totally. know? Yeah, I would imagine that's something you kind of had to, like, work through. Yeah, like, I've never had my water break, anything. Mm. Like, my body... Oh, my gosh, so did you just never dilate? Ever. Wow. Like, I think I got to, like, a two. With Miles. Yeah. Oh it was my pathetic. Gosh. And my not, doctor's not like... pathetic. She's like, it's time. Like, <laughs> she's like, sis, your body, I don't think it's going like, to do it. You get pregnant super easy, but... 
but you, you just, just don't. Yeah, you just can't get them out. That's wild. So. I have a cousin like that, though, and her mom was the same way. Like, just, she had eight kids. Yeah. Never dilated with one of them. Like, just so always. interesting. Never, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just wild. And all body. C-sections with eight. Yeah. That's incredible. I know. I know. Wow. Wow. I know. I should have her on, actually. You really should. I should. Now that I'm thinking about it. I mean, <laughs> I that is, that's pretty remarkable. I know. So, so yeah, and then I had Abby, okay. and she was a peanut. I went full term with her. Okay. But same thing, C-section. Like, did I wasn't even given. Did you try for vaginal birth, or did you schedule well, no. a section? Yeah. Okay. It was just more like a scheduled type deal. And also, I had some um, background trauma, too, because right before I, or after I had my six weeks after, um, my husband's cousin's wife had a stillborn. Oh my gosh. At full term. And oh so that was kind of like lingering in my mind too. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go past this certain date this or date. this week. Totally. Yeah. Because I'm afraid of losing a Your child. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it, it's like, it hurts everyone, you yeah. know, because it's hard. You don't know what to say to them. No, absolutely. It's a conversation that yeah. often, like I, like you said, I don't think we know how to have because it's hard yeah. to like say you know what they right. feel because you don't, but you're affected in a way that you like yeah. don't know how to express. Yes. And it's just. And you live in that fear. Yeah, you live in this fear of yeah. what if that's me next time. You yeah. Know? And, and so that was hard. But Abby was five pounds, 15 ounces. At term. Oh my yeah, goodness. at like 38 weeks. Wow. Just a tiny little sister. And she still is. Yeah, she's, she's just so cute, <laughs> so cute and just tiny, and she, but she can pack tiny a punch. Tiny and mighty. Yeah. 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 She'll, she'll show us all one day. I know. And okay, then so they're, all, they're all about three years spaced out too. So it okay. wasn't like I jammed these in yeah, either. Yeah. I gave myself some time some to time. heal and, yeah. you know, get back my body and then I did it all over again you know you forget and yes, then you and go then you start back over again. and you're like oh oh wait wow. this is actually really hard. yeah you were like did I talk myself out of this did I block it out of my memory I know memory? I know but then it's yeah. the best you do yes, it you do it for the babies so then with James I, w- I was like okay I have a boy I have a girl I'm not gonna find out the gender oh fun I know that's, that's exciting and this I probably gained the most weight with James okay and he was massive. Huge. <laughs> well, big for me. I'm 5'2". Okay. Yeah, you know, which I'm anything just over six pounds is going to be like a watermelon <laughs> inside of you. It's like heinous. <laughs> you know, you no, can't I, do I anything. I feel for you more. <laughs> yes. I'm like dresses for the rest, yes, yes, of the pregnancy. It's hard. Yeah. He was 7'13". That's a big baby. Big baby. Yeah, that is and a big guy. so we actually call him Baby Buffalo. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember... Um, I actually have it on my Instagram. It's Matt videoed the nurse bringing James over to me Aww. for the first time. And she goes, it's a boy, and he'll probably be your biggest. And it was the truth. And you're like, well, you weren't wrong. <laughs> he was our biggest, for <laughs> sure. So he awesome. wins. And so then um, I actually wasn't going to have any more. Okay, so you were like, I'm I, done yeah, with James. I we have three. This is my great. Boy, girl, back. boy. Yeah, I felt so good the thinnest I've ever been yeah and um, I feel like at this point you were like this is when I met you probably yeah. post James was yes. like when you were totally getting into coaching yes everybody Katie's a fantastic coach and like cyclist and oh, figure skater like she has she does it all no but she so was working at the gym that my husband and I were going to yeah. when we met her right before we got married and you were like I remember oh, I love you, you just guys. were so strong and like Thank incredible you. I looked up to you so much because no, I was like wow so look nice. at this mom going out and just like 
doing this for her and being well, capable and strong. Like I was thank amazed you. at your strength. <laughs> well, I think that moms, you 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 morph and adapt in ways where you feel your power um, is most acknowledged and totally. recognized. And coaching for me is that. You know, yeah, it's just your outlet. Yeah, it is. It's a huge outlet. And plus, I remember my mom waking up early in the morning and leaving for the gym. Or go, I would go mm-hmm. to the gym with her and go be put in, like, the little the place. Daycare yeah, thing. the little yeah. daycare. And that was, like, a blast. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, I do it for my kids, too. Like, I want them to see me. I'm trying to model. Totally. Like, a healthy know, lifestyle. A healthy Helping lifestyle. Helping understand, yeah. like, love your body because right. it's what you got. I know. And so, anyway, I... Um, we waited and waited and waited, and I, I'm going to get a little spiritual here. It's great. I love it. But I prayed about it because I was like, I was on the fence, and this was 2020, and the pandemic okay. had just hit us. So you're like, you know, I just being you know, and it was wild like, and rash and what was it, like two weeks my whole to, life. <laughs> to hit the curve or whatever, yeah. to, to get rid of it, whatever, yeah. stay yeah. home and yeah. hunker down, bunker down, and um. We went to Sun Valley that summer, 2020, and I was skating. Okay. And I, I was doing, like, all my jumps again. I was, like, flying. Yeah. And I remember we were leaving, and I was like, I should be getting my period right about now. And it didn't happen. Because <laughs> like, I prayed. Well, I was like, yeah. if it's going to happen, if I'm, if I'm meant to bring another child earthside, it's going to happen this month. And if it doesn't then I know that my family is here and we're complete. I literally just got the goosebumps, Katie. I'm like, (laughs) that's amazing, though. Um, Like, you were so in tune. Yeah. just, obviously, like, divine intervention in a way kind of gave you this next step in your life. Yeah. I mean, I've always been raised, I was raised more like spirit of the law instead of letter of the law. Yeah. And honestly, my testimony is so strong because of that. But also, like, my parents taught me to lean more into the spirit and our angels and, you know, the Holy Ghost to guiding us. Mm -hmm. And that's also, like, where I find a lot of my power. So, anyway, I was pregnant. That is so wild. And so dang sick. Oh, my gosh. Does it just knock you to the floor? Oh, I was so sick. Were you sick with your others? Yeah, but But not this sick. Okay. Like, it was... It so was, Johnny was just oh, like, "Mom, I'm gonna show you. We're gonna what show that's you day one. <laughs> oh, and it buckle up because it's because we're it's going on a for a ride, yeah. and that's where this starts. Yeah, it was just hard, you know. Um, but I mean, going into it like being my fittest, I think was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was so good for me. But yeah, this is where my story where it all starts. starts to turn. Yeah, okay. so." Blood work, everything is great, you know, leading up to my 20-week appointment. I switched my doctors because I've given birth to all my kids up in Park City. Because Matt oh. and I first, when we were first married, we you lived in there? Park City. Okay. So I'm like, Park City's our place. Like, we're mountain people. Totally. We love the yeah, snow. Yeah, you're up there all the time doing all the we love outdoor the cold. things. Yeah, it's like we love everything totally. outdoors. Like, mm-hmm. we just love it. And I was like, I'm going to deliver John up there. And okay. I'll have all my kids delivered up in Park City. They're all Park City babies. Yeah. And if they want to return up here, like, that's something special. Like, totally. I gave them that souvenir. Yeah. They are Park City kids. I love that. And um, 
Anyway, I went up to that doctor, my previous doctor that delivered all three, she retired. Okay. And so there was a new doctor. And so that was kind of nerve wracking because I had seen another doctor at INC and it just didn't fit right. Like I, I was just like, uh. Which like, I'm just going to give you the it? biggest shout out right now because I, I, with my first pregnancy, like my doctor was fantastic. Don't get me wrong. Right. But like. We didn't vibe necessarily on things that I wanted for my pregnancy and, like, yeah. my birth and things like that. But it was, like, unheard of in my circle of people to change doctors. Like, I don't know what in my right. brain was like, oh, you can't change. Right. But I literally was like, oh, I'll just stick with it. It's fine. But with Ralph, like, I changed doctors four times. Yeah. Until I found the one I you liked do. and I vibed you. with. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Just, like being told it's okay to go find someone that aligns with what you want and like yeah how you feel yeah it's is so it's so empowering because i just had yeah. no idea that that which like that seems so dumb but, but it's I, not I, feel like I didn't know that was an option it and isn't so and also just, like i feel like a lot of doctors you know they come and go and yeah they they get their paycheck and you know they're yeah. exhausted and and you're just another one of their patients oh hi yeah. yeah here's the baby here's your heartbeat here's yes. your photo bye you sound great okay bye yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and personal yeah and i don't know that's where i connect so yeah. anyway that doctor was great like don't get me wrong no but sure. i was just like i need to be in park city but I think, honestly, I really wanted my first doctor yes, back. where you were just like, I love. Yeah, I get that. Everything was shifting. Like, even my pediatrician in Park City was retiring. You're like, no, my whole uh, life. Like, don't. I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> here yeah. we go. So, anyway, I went up there, and she was like, I was just giving her my history, and she was like, okay, how many C-sections have you had? I was like, three. She was like, okay, so it looks like your next appointment, you have your big ultrasound. But I'm going to send you to the... Um, the MFM clinic at okay. I, IMC to get your ultrasound done. Just because you've had three prior so. sections I'm or like your older. age? Okay. I'm 34. Okay. So um, like on the verge. I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy to me that 35 is like the age that they deem people high risk in pregnancy. I know. Because I'm like, you're so young still. Right. But I mean, it's kind of nice so, that you get the extra attention. Yeah, you know, extra and attention knowing with that, MFM. And yeah. MFM is for high risk, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. high risk women. Mm -hmm. And they have a great clinic in Salt Lake at IMC. Okay. It's, it's divine. Yeah. There, there are angels that are walking that floor for sure. So anyway, I go with Matt and I'm like restless that day. I'm like, ah, oh, I just, and I'm praying, like, I'm just like praying, worrying, pacing, pray, worry, pace, yeah. you know? And I was sitting in the lobby, and I was like, I don't know, Matt. I just feel so nervous today. Like, this is weird. Like, I just want Johnny. I just want the baby to be healthy. Healthy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we go back, and she she's not very personable either, I, which is so yeah. hard. Because I'm like, I just want to want to chat. I'm, like, nervous. I'm a nervous chatter. Yeah. And so she put the probe on my stomach, and she goes, Oh, you have a previa. <laughs> and I You're was like, like seriously, thanks. thanks. Okay. But I was like, I brushed it off because I was like, oh, like, whatever. Okay. I fine. have to have a C-section. You're like, am I in a section anyway? It doesn't matter. It's my matter. fourth. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And I'd already, you know, chatted with my doctor about having my tubes tied. Okay. And, you yeah. know. So you were expecting, like, I was, like. Yeah. I was, like, going back and forth. And, like, four is perfect. Everyone has yeah. a buddy. It's, 
Next Everyone true. has a buddy on the <laughs> chairlift. I talked about this literally yesterday. Yeah. We were like, family of six. That's what everything is made for. Cars, yes. chairlifts, like, yes. rides at Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. like, yeah, car buddy. Yes. Roller Everybody coaster buddy. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, this is perfect, you know, but obviously you go back and forth with yeah. the worry of having your tubes tied. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, because you hear horror stories about going into menopause yeah and all of these all these things risks that are like not really known yes really truly and so we go john's perfect like measuring beautifully and everything and then she she's like here are your photos and you have to wait for a doctor and we'll be back and i was like odd okay just told me everything with my baby is yeah yeah and so Doctor comes back in. It's been literally 40, 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And so, because they're, like, checking, discussing, obviously. Checking, yeah, yeah, discussing what they just the saw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she comes in with a booklet of papers <laughs> and a folder. And you're like, okay. And she goes, okay, hi, I'm, I'm so-and-so. I'm a high-risk doctor here with the MFN doctors. And um, we suspect that you have something called a creta. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Okay. Sure. Like, I don't know what that is, right. but okay. <laughs> so she keeps going into it. And, like, by this point, I'm, like, numb. Because mm. I'm, like, this is bad. This is bad. Yeah. Oh, like, this, this is, is really bad news. news. Like, this isn't a good appointment mm-hmm. at all. And um, she was explaining to me what Akrita was. I still, like, didn't understand. And she's started like saying really scary words like full hysterectomy delivering early you could possibly die you know like all these horrible things that a mother to almost four is starting to hear and so she goes she goes I think I'm gonna put you with this um high-risk doctor here at MFM and I was like wait but no I'm delivering up in Park City she goes, um, actually, no, you're not anymore. You're here. We now have you. We'll notify Park City and let them know you're not their patient anymore. And she goes, I'm sending you to um, a brilliant doctor. His name is Dr. Ibrahim Hamad. And you're going to see him in, you know, two weeks. And he's going to just look over your, you know, all, everything, everything um, that they just had scanned with the ultrasound. And he'll check again. You'll have another ultrasound with him. And then you'll kind of go from there. So that was it. I can't even imagine being in your shoes in that situation where you're like, not only is, did I come into this like, okay, I hope my baby is healthy. Like, I don't even want to be here because I want to be in Park City. And it turned into like, you could die. Here's a hysterectomy. Yeah. Here's every complication. Like you're definitely getting like, a hysterectomy. And like there's here's your doctor way. I'm picking for you. Yeah. And you're like, like you said, I'm numb. I'm sure yeah. you would just be like, I was sick. I just took you know? everything in and I don't even know if I heard one right. word of it, you know? And um, like after each ultrasound, like Matt and I have gone out, like he'll go get me a Diet Coke, you know, mm-hmm. just the way I love it and yeah. food and like a treat. And then we go get the kids. Mm-hmm. And he's like, should we go get a Diet Coke? And I was like, I think I'm good. Like, I don't feel like it, you know? So, of course, like, you driving home, you have these papers on Akrita, and 
the diagram of like what your uterus is doing with your placenta and everything. So what a creta is, um, for everyone that doesn't know, your, which is probably everyone, right? <laughs> which is everyone, but it's so. This is so important because no one knows. Like, I think ninety-five percent of the women that I meet have no idea what a creta is. I would believe that. Genuinely. I was one of genuinely. them. Genuinely, I didn't know what it was until I was in nursing school. Right. And then I forgot until I saw it in practice. You right. Know what I mean? Like it just. Yeah. And one year out the other. I know. Because it just wasn't on my mind. You right. Know? But it's such an important thing to, like, know exists. Yeah. Because it's a life-changing experience. and Forever. Forever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Forever. You know, because that, that doctor that sat in, she was like, you know, and if you're wanting to expand your family, this is it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And you're like, you just took the possibility oh my of gosh. me even, like, carrying another child away. Yeah. Like, everything is stripped from you. Because it wasn't, like, at that point, it wasn't my choice anymore. Yeah. No, she was saying, she like, made it this is, that's it. this is your story. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Okay. okay, here we go. And that's where I had to dig in and fight. But anyway, so what placenta previa is, it's a previa, low-laying, you know, across mm-hmm. the bottom of the uterine. Mm-hmm. But... This, the, the, the accreta part is where the placenta has embedded too deeply into your uterine wall. And you're more likely to get it with multiple cesareans. Even the first, you're 10% likely after your first wow. cesarean, 10%, you're 10% more, likely. more likely to get accreta. Wow. That's like a large percentage, I, I would think. Yeah. After just one, one. cesarean. Right. And so, um... So just to jump in for two, yeah. like two seconds. No, I love this. Just a normal, normal is the wrong word, but like in a in a different pregnancy where you don't have a creta, the placenta will just attach to the uterine wall, and it does not attach into the tissue. So a creta is where it just like digs into the tissue. It starts like intertwining mm-hmm. into the uterus and becoming one organ. Okay. And there are three. Levels. Like there's three levels, right? Yes. So there's a creta, and then in creta, per creta, okay. and per creta is like it attaches to everything. Yeah, I actually like your was reading colon. Up on this. I was gonna say like extends out of the uterus, <laughs> attaches bad. to other organs, like. everything. It's like a cancer. Yeah, it literally just attacks your entire yeah. body. I know. And after this, I was like, oh my gosh. Pregnancy is actually really dangerous. Scary. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why do we do this voluntarily? (laughs) Like, and what we do and sacrifice, it's like a big deal. So, absolutely. So, what level of accreta did you have? I actually, after they sent my, after surgery, Mm -hmm. they sent my uterus to lab. Mm -hmm. I had increta. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. I know. So, my, because my doctor was like, you know, we don't really ever fully know if you actually do have accreta. Until we get in. Until you and so, like, you leave that first meeting with your high-risk doctor, and you're like, wait, do I have it? Or don't <laughs> do I, I have not? I mean, like, <laughs> like wait, what do I'm, I need to I mean, like, and, like, can this through? reverse itself? Yeah. Like, what do we do? Yeah. You know? Like, can I exercise this out? Because I will exercise. <laughs> yeah, you're like, because I will work hard. <laughs> like, can I do a million burpees? Because here I go. <laughs> I'm starting. <laughs> like, don't hold me back, you know? <laughs> yes. No, for real, though. So, you're like. Yeah. That's hard. You're like, no. you're leaving me with 
this could be it, but you won't know until I'm yeah. there. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. So anyway, yeah, so I was 20 weeks pregnant when they found that. Okay. And I met with Dr. Hamad, and he was just like, you know, very, very humble. Like came in, you can tell he's like extremely brilliant, very, very well kept. He's so good looking. Like yes, <laughs> you're just you're like, like okay. yeah, I'm, he's like fine. <laughs> he's amazing. Like you can tell he's brilliant. But not only that, but like he's so humble, mm-hmm. and you could feel it. Did yeah. it just put like, like I want to cry to rest when you met him? Kind of. Um. Yeah. Like, but I just. I felt so much better when he had walked in the room because I knew he cared. Mm-hmm. He cared about me. And so that's where I'm like, it's so important to really make sure you know who you're, you who know, your, your doctor, doctor is and yeah. that you like your doctor. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they had to do the vaginal ultrasound. Okay. He was very quiet and, you know, was just looking, I think, taking photos of each step as he was going and, he was done, and I had to go to the bathroom so bad because they were like, come <laughs> with the full bladder. bladder. Yeah. yeah. And I remember sitting up, and I was like, well, do I have it or not? And he said, well, why don't you just use the restroom, come back, and we'll chat. And I knew it was not yeah. good. You're like, I'm going to be having a conversation. Yeah. And right there and then... You know, I think our appointments were, like, every two weeks. Okay, I was going to say, so once you move to MFM, rather than seeing, like, the standard every four until 32, you just were every two. Yeah, and I had about 15 weeks until surgery. So they, at 20 weeks, like, like, predicted that you would deliver. So that doctor at that appointment didn't say much. She was just like, I'm putting you with Dr. Hamad. And, like, luckily, Dr. Hamad, like, he is nationally recognized. Like, he's Amazing. one of the best in the nation. Mm. I'm, like, in the world. He's he's incredible. Yeah. I'm, like, if anyone has anything, like, high risk, I try and like, tell them. I'm, like, go to, go to Dr. Hamad. Request. I'm, like, yeah. you ask for him. Yeah. Because he's amazing. And he'll save your life. And he cares about you. And I'm, like, he's my best friend. Yeah. He really is. I just do. I, I just adore him. So he was, like, okay, well, we're going to have to open you you know, vertically, you won't have a, a horizontal cesarean where it will be hidden. And usually they will have to open you from above the belly button all the way down to your privates. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want that. He's yeah. like, oh, no, but I need to do that to save your life. So each option, you know, mm-hmm. he's like, I can open you horizontally, but I'll have to open you hip to hip. And then I can't guarantee that you'll be able to feel your legs after. And I'm like, okay, wait, I can't do that because I'm an athlete. Yeah, you're like, I have to be able to move like, in the way you want yeah. to after this experience. Like, I, I want to go hike. I want to run. I want to boat. I want to ski. I need to, I need to stay up with my kids. Yeah, like that is number one. Mm-hmm. And so, I bless his heart. Like every single appointment, I was like. Can we please just like maybe not go above my belly button? <laughs> You're like, I'm here for the classical incision, but just save the belly button, I'm please. Like, please. <laughs> so yeah, that there was a lot of talk about that, mm-hmm. and he would kind of walk me through like what he would have to do with surgery. Mm-hmm. But it got really real that for like, oh actually, and I bled. 
bleeding really? is actually really common with accreta too. Okay. So and it was it's the week before. It's pretty common with previa as well. Just yes. Because it's right there by the cervix. Yeah. Like any aggravation, you might have like light, light spotting or something yeah, like that. But I know, and that was another big thing, like staying active during my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of these things that I'm saying. I sound super vain. But these things no, but help my what, mental health. Yeah, it's what makes you and you. It's, yeah, yeah, it's and like with the figure skating world, my body was judged. Yeah, and so I'm like, it's hard, you know, because people would be like, "So what? It's a scar," but oh I'm like, God. "Yeah, no." Yeah, I'm like, I, you know, this is my that was my identity, how I looked. Mm-hmm. But I've learned so many lessons. I mean, like pushing past that. You know, you're like, you're alive. You are breathing. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It was just, it was just the wildest experience ever. But yeah, I bled the week before Christmas. Okay. And he was due to be born. He was actually, his due date was February 22nd. Okay. Okay. And Dr. Ramad was like, and I was like, I just, because, and in those, um, you know, meetings that we would have, appointments, he would say, you know, you'll be delivering anywhere between, like, 34, 35 weeks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can keep him in. I know I can. Yeah. Like, I was, like, that You're athlete. Like, I was I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm so I strong. Can go farther than that. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay healthy. I'm eating all the right things. Yeah. I I can do this. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push through, you know. And I think in that moment, too, when he, like, really started to learn about me, mm-hmm. He turned more into, like, a coach, if you will. Mm-hmm. He would start talking to me, like, okay, you really, it's time to fight, you know? And, like, look how strong you are. And so I would I would leave these, like, pump-up sessions. Yeah, like, totally empowered. Yeah. Because he was just tuning in with you. Yeah. And, you know, it was so freaking hard with the pandemic, too, because I just needed someone to give well, me a hug. Saying, and you probably had to go to, like, your appointments by yourself. Right. By myself. Matt could sometimes come. Mm. I had to wear a mask. Like, I know all these things are so, like, minuscule. I hated that when I was working as a nurse during COVID because it was just, like, you never felt like you connected with your patient on a level of what you wanted because there was no barrier. I'm like, people need hugs. I'm sorry. No, but like, absolutely, especially with like what you were going through. You're like, just give me a freaking hug. Like, I'm fine. I know. But yeah, I totally did. I left one of my appointments and I sat down out in the hallway because I had to walk by all the healthy women, pregnancy mm-hmm. ladies. Mm-hmm. And you know? like, okay. I just remember walking by like thinking, no one knows what I am facing or what I have to persevere through. Or because what, from the outside, uh, you appeared to be... A completely healthy pregnant woman. Right. You were fit. Like, yeah. you're out here carrying this baby beautifully. You know what oh, I mean? Like, thank you. Yeah. I mean, like, that's you, so nice. No one would know that this internal struggle is happening. Because yeah. And it's like, such a silent problem. Carrying so much sadness. Mm. Like, so deep. I get so emotional. Because the pain was so real. You know. But I sat out in the hall on a bench just sobbing like uncontrollably and a sweet nurse came and sat by me and she gave me a hug that's so tender yeah because you're just like gosh dang it what did I do to myself and I thought this was the right thing to do I prayed about it 
No, you were like, I felt like this was the next step for us. Like, I, yeah. I turned it over <laughs> to Divinity and said, if this is my next thing, like, let right. it happen. And it right. did, and it turned into this right. insane challenge. Yeah. You know, and I would always say that to my doctor. I was like, I didn't choose this, you know. He was like, none of us baby do. chose me. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, none of, none of these women choose this. This is your path. He would start saying, this is your path. This is your journey. So once I started turning it into that, I mean, it was still freaking hard. Yeah. No. Yeah. That goes without saying. But I'm like, okay. I'm like, maybe I was in heaven at that desk with the angel. And she was like going over the checklist, just making sure I wanted to come down to heaven to face all these trivial yeah. trials, you know. And she's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, when you're 34 with your fourth baby, you're going to almost die. And you're going to have a Krita and all this stuff. And I probably was like, yeah, I'm going. You're like, send like me. please send me because the plan is still so great. So that's where I had to, like, shift my focus to, mm-hmm. you know. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're all going through something, some pain or, you know, something. But it's shaping us into this person that we're becoming and that others need us to be, right? Mm-hmm. So um, keep going, keep going. I bleed. Okay, yeah, bleeding around They're Christmas. like come right in do we need to send an ambulance wow. Matt's like no we're getting in the car right now we go drop off the kids go to the hospital and my bleeding stops wow. they make me stay over one night okay and uh like Dr. Hamad like runs in the room he was like oh my gosh I got the call and I was like Kate you're like huh? <laughs> no I'm coming for her <laughs> I'm coming is she okay you know and I I was just like so appreciated him like he literally was like a part of the family mm-hmm. at that point mm-hmm. you know like trusted him with everything he knew everything about my life he knew everything about my kids mm-hmm. he knew that skiing was important to me like we connected on so many different levels but uh, I just can't say enough good things about him and he's just uh, he saved my life honor, freaking saved my life yeah. but yeah where I was where I got Akrita I was 60% more likely to get Akrita and I had no idea. So I'm like, where do we start? Like, where do we start educating people? Where does I, it start? I know. It's so hard because it's such a fine line because from, like, a healthcare standpoint, you always want to take the patient's, like, desires into account when you can. So for, like, a healthy mom who comes in and says, I want a scheduled C-section, like, in my opinion, that's where the education starts. It's I agree. It's cysts every time your uterus is cut into. Yeah. Like, the increase of X, Y, and Z complications yes. is by this yes. percent. You know what I mean? Just well, opening the, like, idea of, yes, I understand the convenience factor. I understand, you know, everything that a scheduled C-section has to offer, which are lots of benefits. And right. lots of people choose them for those reasons. Right. But, like the host of complications that can come afterwards that aren't even addressed. That nothing because they're is. Like, yeah, like they don't even, you know, like, they don't oh. even think about it. They don't consider it right. because they're not informed until they're in a situation where it's like, oh, this is your third baby and your placenta is looking funny. And yeah. it's probably because your scar tissue. And they're like, my scar tissue? And you're like, yeah, uh, every yeah. time we cut your uterus, Remember your those scar surgeries? tissue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's hard to say where the line is of, when do we educate? But I believe it's from yeah. the beginning. You I know. know. It's, it's helping people understand that, like, 
this could happen. Well, I just really, really would have appreciated, I think, from just like like a pedestrian outsider. I'm not, I have no medical background. Any medical information I have is because I've had children you've experienced it. Yeah. and I study it. I try and study it, mm-hmm. but like I am, you know, I'm not a doctor, no. but I would love to see healthcare change in this point, in this stance. I think it needs to start in their classrooms when they're first learning. And, like, that doctor that is teaching, you know, these specialized baby mom care doctors to say, okay, after your mom, after that woman has her first cesarean, every doctor, without question, hands this mom a pamphlet on Akrita and the risks of more Akrita. Um, Because, you know, I was talking with my doctor, and he said that 50% of Akritas go undiagnosed which is wild to me just because isn't that crazy it's crazy and I think of obviously someone who has an accreta the procedure that has to take place after they birth or oh like in the birth setting it would oh. become an extremely emergent situation where they tend not know that the yeah. accreta was there and that just can lead to a lot of trauma and really scary life-threatening situations and even when you know it's still a scary life-threatening situation but like to think that 50 percent of these women didn't have a pregnancy to mentally prepare for that because of lack of education yeah you know what I mean and obviously it's hard to think and say like every mom who's ever pregnant should like live in the fear of what if I have an accreta you know because it's like I don't want to embed fear in, in like the mothering people out here but it's like but then information doesn't have to be fear and information is power thank you and (laughs) i think that you know even moms going in even after having like a cesarean one cesarean saying to the doctor or the person that's giving the ultrasound where is my placenta laying yeah and is it in a dangerous place Mm -hmm. can you relook at it is it high? Just knowing what questions right. to ask. Yes, and just being informed. And, like, mm-hmm. I think this is why you're such a huge tool in this community of pregnancy and awareness. Like, this is where our stories begin, right? Like, this is where we start yeah. saving people. Yes, and this is what I hope it becomes is, like, this avenue for people to come find information that, yeah. like, generally speaking, isn't out there unless they know to ask the questions, which... They won't know unless they're they in the thick know. of it. You know what I they mean? Won't like, know. They just won't. So, you sharing your story is one step closer yeah. to someone knowing how to ask. Right. You know? And I mean, I mean, just to give perspective of like my surgery, knowing at 20 weeks that I had a Creta and going into a controlled operating room, like they did not deliver me in labor and delivery. Mm. I was wheeled down to a real the main OR. Yeah. Like the big main OR. Which, I was, which is wild. Like, because a, a delivery room, like on labor and delivery, obviously they have everything they need, but it's it's like very low key. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you go to the main OR yeah. and it's like you have space for 500 people in that room. Yeah. Because you might need 16 hands yeah. to save this person's life. Well, and I remember I was like really big on not having students. Mm. I didn't want any students touching me. I didn't want anyone. You're wise. 
Well, but I had to have them. Like, I remember crying to my doctor. probably like, this is a teaching opportunity for... Well, and not only that, but my doctor, because I was like, I don't want students. Like, I was crying and crying and Mm -hmm. crying. And he looked at me and grabbed my hand and goes, I need them. I need their hand. And I trust them. So I, like, chilled, you know, like... like, (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) But I'm like, this is my life. Yeah, you're like, don't put a student in here. I, like, started... I was, like, able to, like, handpick, like, who... Who like, was in your room. Yeah. Why you he there? chose my urologist I because not only had my, like, the accretive gotten really bad, but it had started go- going up against my bladder. bladder. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so... So you're like, hey, I could end up with a urostomy bag after this if they have to oh, take my bladder. I like, know. I'm going to have a pee bag on the outside of me. Yeah. Like, awful. <laughs> so dangerous. Yeah. So scary. Mm. But yeah, like I, I had two central lines in my arms for blood transfusion. I had one in my neck. Oh my gosh! It was like sore for six months. I bet. I'm not even kidding. Well, central you. lines, just the placement of them, <laughs> watching them being placed, it's no joke. Yeah. Them getting in there to be yeah. able to give you blood, blood if you need it. Right. And so I was in surgery for over five hours. Oh my gosh. They let me stay awake for Johnny's delivery and I got to see him like they popped him up and I got to see him and then I got to see his like little foot and I really 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 wanted to see him and like kiss him and have that moment and like maybe one photo yeah but John stopped breathing (laughs) stinker you're like I know dude all I need is like my moment Johnny Johnny (laughs) (laughs) he just I know wanted to make this an experience for you and you know Dr. Rigby (laughs) yes yeah yeah so I got to have him as my anesthesiologist. Okay. He was brilliant Amazing. as well. Yeah. Like, I was just placed in the, the best, best hands. hands. Like, I literally had the dream team. It as was you amazing. <laughs> it was like I really had prepped for this huge competition, and I had everyone Everything I needed there for you. behind me. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, and then I did end up meeting like three. Units, units of blood. Of blood. Wow. Yeah, I did. Crazy. I know. It was intense. So, but. Yeah. So your surgery took five hours. Yeah, a little over five. And they were able to remove yeah. everything without yeah. complication. Yeah. I mean, I and um, they had to nick my bladder in two separate places just to okay. get the placenta away. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, I was really hoping it would just pull away. Yeah. But he said, I said, you know, when he, after he visited me, like, after my surgery, I was like, okay, so, like, what were your thoughts when you, like, had opened me up? And he goes, he goes, oh, crap. There it is. Mm. It's real. Like, here we go. Because he had said to me. Because like, I could open you up and it could it be could fine. Be. You yeah. know, because I can't even tell you how many women have really reached out to me since I had, like, I started hashtagging placenta previa, yeah. accreta. And creative, no, whatever. You're, you've been so vocal about it, and I'm. Yeah, like, I know. I'm, I love that well, women are reaching like, out to you and taking kind advantage. Of like tiptoes this fine line of, am I oversharing, or am I being helpful, mm. or can I be that peace of mind for that woman that I didn't have? Totally. Like I, I literally did not have anyone to call and be like, yeah. "Oh my gosh, I just got diagnosed with what you I'm had. Yeah. Like, come help me." I didn't have that. Mm. And so I think that's why I'm, like, super passionate about this, too. 
because like I mean which is beautiful Katie because you can be that person for someone you yeah. know what I mean like I don't think there's a level of oversharing because I'm just like no tell me everything and anything yeah. about it you know what I mean because that's just the way I am but like I truly believe by you choosing to be vocal about your experience as like mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually taxing as it's been yeah which like just by talking with you, you can feel it. You can feel that it was a struggle. Yeah. But you can feel that you've turned it into something that has now become one of your strengths and something that you have, like, let empower you in yeah. all other aspects of your life. I and know. now you're like, I'm going to be that person that I didn't have. Yeah. And for someone who needs it. You know what I mean? Right. Not everybody's going to need it. Right. You know, nobody that goes through a creta has to turn to you. But listen. But they have the option. But someone will listen to this today and say, Oh my gosh, I heard about the Secreta. I I need to tell my friend about this. And maybe she yeah. can reach out to Katie. Totally. Or, you know, whatever support I can be. Like that this this is my vessel. Like I'm an, I'm just an outreach of, you know, our divine intervention. Yeah. So I just hope that I can be that for someone. But yeah, my doctor, you know, he said that when he goes in to, you know, get the placenta out, he goes, sometimes you can just, like, massage gently the placenta away, and it will, like, pull away. But he was like, no, sometimes I don't, and it's like putting, pulling a ship or putting one of those, like, paper ships into a bottle. You know, like, very, very careful. trying to, like, (laughs) weave it in. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, taking everything out, but... Yeah, kind of wild. I had a I had a um, catheter for two weeks. Mm. <laughs> horrible. It was just like <laughs> it was so bad. Like I had even called earlier to the labor and delivery, you know, nurses, and I was like, "Can I please just have a view of Mount Olympus?" To like, just give me a good room. <laughs> just like a good room where I can like see the you know mountains and like like because totally. my kids are skiing still like they're racing and I can't be, and there, can't be and there I want to be able to see the mountains and it was right next to the baby nursery oh, you're like great my baby's in the NICU yeah thank you my baby's in the NICU and yeah John was five pounds six ounces but good that's good pretty size. big yeah I bet he would have yeah no literally I'm like that's a big yeah. baby for when did you deliver 35 and a half weeks wow. I made it you made it. I made it. You're like, there you go. Because I, I could have had would. him. I know. I could have had him at 28 weeks. I know. And like every week I was like, I did You're it. Like, hey. I was like, woo. <laughs> you know, or every time totally. I went to the bathroom, I was like, no You're blood. Like, like, we are good. We are good. But it was interesting because that morning of surgery, they made me sleep over, obviously, because mm-hmm. they had to get my blood type yeah, and the, the, the two central lines in. Yeah, they were prepping me for surgery, which was awful because I didn't sleep. You didn't sleep. Like so the nurse like, oh, came great. in, she's like, "How would you sleep?" I was like, like "Did I shut serious? my eyes?" Sis? Like, get out of my room. I was like, "For real?" Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the worst. But I, I walked to the bathroom to get into my scrubs or just that gown, and I started bleeding. Oh no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So we called the nurse, yeah. and then the whole team came in, like, They're like Dr. Okay, Rigby, Dr. Hamad, like everyone. And I said, Dr. Hamad, I'm bleeding. And he just calmly sat down and he goes, I know. And he goes, it's time. Are you ready? And I was like, I'm ready. It like makes me emotional. I got the chills again. (laughs) I know, but it's just like all these moments, you know, like you have got to have like such a strong team backing you. It was just so much more than just like another pregnancy. 
Totally. Or another, like, so whatever. so much more than just, like, you and Matt going through it. Like, yeah. Like you said, I feel like your doctor really kind of became part of your family. Because he, he chose to, like, no. invest. Like, whether he likes you. it or not, he is. You're like, sorry, I really you're did. stuck. I did. I credit my last appointment with him, and I was like, Dr. Ahmad, like, how do I say goodbye to my Can I call friend? you? I know. I'm like, this is weird. He's like, call me anytime. And I was like, okay, and like, I'll just be like, don't. I was like, hi, this is Katie, um, Dr. Hamad's best friend. You're like, <laughs> He's like, don't do that. You're like, I don't know who I am, right? <laughs> because I am. I know. I know, but you know really. Special, yeah, he's he's great. So Okay, so fast forward so, then. You delivered. Delivered. You didn't get to see Johnny immediately, obviously. I actually got to go see him. So my surgery was that morning at 7.20. Okay. I was in surgery for five hours. I woke up in the PACU. That was another big fist pump because they were also prepping me to go to, um, what is it, the intensive care unit. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, ICU because... Because they're just like, we don't know how... We don't know how it will go. How this is going to go. Yeah, or how much blood she'll lose, Mm -hmm. or what she needs, how many units, you know, or if she'll need more. Yeah, or when she'll wake up. Right. (laughs) But I made it to the PACU. That's amazing, Katie. (laughs) First person I remember, though, is Dr. Rigby. Oh, really? give me thumbs up. And he took a picture of me. I was like... (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay. I'm alive. (laughs) Amazing. So, yeah, um... I had the catheter in for two weeks. John was in NICU um, for a week. Like, un- for a 35 weeker, that's crazy. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I think Just also, a little yeah, something that helped me too was I had a nurse come in and she was like, okay, I mean, okay. And also, I have to give my, you know, my little stamp. I'm not a doctor or medical professional, so don't come at me. But this nurse said, we see more better success with our our NICU babies if you pump and bottle feed because they get more food mm-hmm. and will supplement. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'm on board. I'm going to pump because he was having a hard time latching. Like, it was well, hard. When they're that little, their suck reflex really isn't developed. Yeah. And that's just, I know. that's just like the nature of it. You know? I learned so much. Like, their little brains aren't developed. Like, they don't have all the ripples in them still. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still... Yeah, there's still so much growth that like, happens the last four weeks of pregnancy. Right? So, NICU babies really are just like little miracles. I know. They really are. And so, yeah, bottle feeding was my best friend. And that helped us get out of there. Yeah. I am like I was gonna a say, thousand they percent. Eat, they yeah. usually, I mean, given that all of their complications have, you know, yeah, been fixed. I know they can go if they're eating. Which My is NICU so awesome. nurse was amazing too, though. I love that. He I was, love that you've had a good experience with your he was healthcare awesome. workers. Yeah, that can be, that can be well, half of the battle. It was hard, and it changes every twelve hours. So not to say that everyone you interacted with was like. Well, I did have like one really <laughs> awful experience with a nurse. She like just come out of retirement. Mm-hmm. She was older. Mm-hmm. They needed the money. Yeah. I get it. Yes, I get it. Times are hard totally. right now. I totally understand, but I don't think she read my chart. And she came over and she pushed on my stomach. And you're like, <laughs> I was like, I don't have a uterus. Sick. I've had. You're like, you're not feeling for my fundus. Like I've had an. I had a hysterectomy. Total hysterectomy. Yeah. I'm sorry that that happened. So no, it was awful. Yeah, that's awful. I don't know. I was just like, even like if she had pushed so hard to the point where like she had opened a stitch, or you know, all the work yes. that my doctor had just yes. gone through. Yes, you're like, like give me 
give me a break. But anyway, yeah. it was okay. So yeah, we got to bring Johnny home, and um, I think my healing journey has been more like spiritually, like mm-hmm. mentally. Um, also, just like super emotional about like what I put everyone through. It was like Adam, like a parent through my kids too. Like you could really tell that they knew something bad was about to happen. You know, everyone like, was struggling. It's it's like a hard thing to think about and verbalize. But it's like you were preparing them for potentially me being like gone, you being gone. Like, isn't that so sad? It's like it, it makes me want to cry just like <laughs> I thinking know. about it. But like that was the reality of it. Is it was you were spending these last. 15 weeks that you yeah. got after your diagnosis I like know. living life because you were like yeah. well like seriously what if this is what we get every single week counted it really did it was just it was wild but here we are and I had an amazing therapist like I went and I got the best like trauma birth trauma that therapist the out there. <laughs> yeah. I love it I mean she's the best that's like you you can't advocate for yourself enough yeah. In your mental health. Yeah. Especially. And it's so working important. through something like what you went through is no joke. Yeah. Like to have someone that could support you and be a specialist yeah. in that is so yeah. I know. awesome. Yeah. And just recognizing, okay, well, you've struggled here. So let's get you on Zoloft now. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, again, I'm, I'm an athlete, struggled with body image my whole life. Yeah. And my big thing was, well, I don't want to gain weight, like taking the Zoloft and yada 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 and that like those two weeks when I was getting my you know is it the dimethicone what is the shot dimethicone. dimethicone shots for the baby's lungs what is it oh no 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 oh my gosh I'm thinking? literally having a brain fart dimethicone is like for gas oh just kidding after I've had that as well which I'm sure you had plenty had of had a lot of that um, oh my gosh you guys um, I literally I know exactly what it does so what it does is it stimulates the baby's lungs right. to develop in case they were to deliver early yeah. so right but literally what I will get back to all of you on this I am so embarrassed I've deli- like I've given it to people no it's okay but you just had a baby like I know I know I'm like my postpartum brain is like on no and I still right am like like clearly I'm not a medical <laughs> profession so I have no idea me either I'm like hey let's just talk I just know it was a horrible shot in yeah, my bum no, horrible that helped shot. stimulate Johnny's lungs for the delivery yes which I'm so grateful I got mm-hmm but he was like, I need you to start taking that Zoloft. Okay. Like, it, your kids need you. Not only does Johnny need you, but your kids need you. And I think moms need to hear that, too. Yeah. I think when you aren't showing up for yourself, yeah. like, you can't show up for other people. It's yeah. just, that's just the reality of it. And we tell ourselves that we can, and we can be gritty, and we can yeah. push through it. No. And, like, it's fine. And it's, it's just not. It's just you not. Know, you can only give. 10% if right. you have 10%. Yeah. And you know, like, I'm 15 months out post-op with John, and I've weaned off of Zoloft. Zoloft. I'm off of it. I feel amazing. Like, I mean, not saying, like, I don't have my hard days or, like, I'm triggered by something. Totally. Like, the triggers are really real. Like, that's really, really weird sometimes where you're like, ugh. I'll never experience that again or you know I don't know no, it's just weird things that like you probably hadn't even thought yeah. of being something that would trigger you and then being but, like wow yeah I have a lot of emotion about right. that that I didn't know was hidden but if there are any like main takeaways from today's session for women listening is to advocate for your body 
try, try and avoid that first C-section with anything you can. Like, obviously, I understand, like, if there are circumstances yeah, where there is no other option. Right? And that, and, like, go. the most important thing, and all in a birth yeah. situation, is that mom and baby are, healthy. are in, like, the safest position they yeah. can be in. Yeah. So, obviously... Don't feel shame if you've had no. a C-section. Yes. That's not, no, that's this not, is not the place Katie is coming from. No. She's coming from the place of if you can do if, anything in your yeah. power to keep yourself safe from Akrita, do yeah, it. Yeah, do it. And then just advocate in your ultrasounds. Ask smart questions. Ask where your placenta is laying. And then get help after, no matter what. Mm. Just someone to talk to that isn't family that can relate that's heard other stories like mine really really helps you know so and yeah i don't know it's just the craziest journey i know it sounds like it's just it's been a journey just like you just has but what an incredible one that you're now sharing with us thank you well i hope i can i can help one woman so you will (laughs) i know and if anyone needs to reach out to me yeah, she's amazing. Honestly, Let me know. hit her up on Instagram. Yeah, fit with, fit Katie. with Kate and Salt Lake. Yeah, honestly, and her, her content's great anyway. So just hit her up. I don't anyway. know. It's <laughs> no, sad. Honestly, I'm like, it motivates okay. me to go to the gym and take care of my body, which is great. <laughs> oh my gosh, so funny. Well, Anna, thank you so much. Well, you guys, I hope that you enjoyed hearing about Katie's experience just as much as I did, and you walk away from this knowing a little bit more about placenta accreta, but more importantly, you walk away knowing that you can advocate for yourself. You can empower yourself with information. You can empower yourself to know what questions to ask and completely take control of your health and the care that you receive. Obviously, life is going to throw what it does at you. Like Katie, she didn't choose to experience placenta accreta. I don't think anybody would go through this by choice. But she has made the choice to get the help she needed while she was going through it and to continue to get help after the fact so that she can work through this experience and turn it into the strength that she is. Her choosing to share her story with us is not only empowering us, but it just exudes the strength and the courage and the absolute grace that she carries herself with in living with this experience every day of the rest of her life. Katie is absolutely incredible, and I hope if any of you ever find yourself in a place similar to hers and find yourself hearing the words placenta accreta, that you reach out to her or you reach out to this little community we're creating here and find solace in knowing that there's someone out there that's gone through what you're going through. Thanks again for joining us this week. If you're not, follow along on Instagram at theundereducated.pod. And catch us here next week for another episode. Mm